KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. It's just a good conversation with somebody that you didn't know you were interested in. I'm Matt Leon, and this is One on One. Because you know you're going in there to compete. You know you're going in there to fight. You know it's going to be hard, and you know you may not win. I think that I love that aspect of it. I love that my hard work paid off to my success. That translated, correlated straight to success within competition. So I saw that, and I think I thrived off of that. And our guest this week, Matt Azevedo. He is the head wrestling coach at Drexel University. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time. Well, thanks for having me, Matt. I'm looking forward to it. So I will start with what has become the default question for the guests the last several months. What's the last year or so been like for you? You guys were able to compete a little bit, correct? Yeah, yeah, we were able to compete. We had a very, a very shortened season, you know, essentially just a one month. It was a long road to get there, to say the least. So, you know, the city of Philadelphia, you know, obviously, uh, because so many people, the, the restrictions were, you know, uh, very stringent. So getting a sport like wrestling, which is an indoor, high risk, high contact sport uh, approved during a pandemic, uh, you can imagine the challenges uh, that, that we had there. So our athletic department did a great job, worked with us, and we were able to find some common ground you know, compromise to get our season off the ground. I mean, for me, it was very important uh, because a year ago in 2020, our wrestlers lost their NCAA championship. We had our whole season. We had five wrestlers qualified to the national championships out in Minnesota, and it was cut short one week before the championship. So for me, it was really important to give those guys an opportunity to get back to that uh, tournament and, and compete. So I'm thankful to the athletic department and the city of Philadelphia for, you know, they, they were a part of it as well, getting our, our sport approved, getting our season off the ground, even though shortened, we were able to compete and uh, qualify six wrestlers, you know, the most tied for the most in program history. So, so let's talk a little bit about you reading up on you. Uh, you grew up in Vegas and it sounds like you were a baseball kid for much of your youth. Am I correct? Yeah. Yeah. I grew up playing baseball year round. I, you know, lived it, breathed it, was playing every day, you know, in, in out West, obviously the weather <laughs> permits baseball playing uh, year round a little more than out here. But uh, I, yeah, I, I was, I was out in the front yard playing baseball every, every chance I had. And, uh, and I did that, you know, all the way through high school, but in junior high, there were signups for wrestling. Wrestling was in my family. Uh, my uncle John was a, uh, an NCAA national champion and uh, an Olympian in 1980. So I, I, you know, knew a little bit about wrestling and uh, just thought, you know, I'm going to try this. I guess the rest is history. Was it a, an immediate love affair? Like, did you try it and you were like, oh man, this is, this is where I need to be. Or was it gradual? It was a great fit immediately. I did love, I took to the sport, but I still viewed myself as a baseball player, you know, really until, you know, high school and I, where I really started having some, some, some success, um, uh, in, in wrestling. So yes, it was a gradual realization that I was going to be transitioning to wrestling and, and away from baseball. That was gradual. Uh, that was a tough decision, but no, I took, I mean, the, the individual aspect of it, the physicality, uh, it was right up my alley. You know, I think that was one thing that was missing for me in baseball a little bit was it wasn't physical enough. It was, it was a great fit. Were you good right away? I, I was pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I, I started wrestling in Nevada 
And I, I had some early success, you know, um, as a, as a youth wrestler. And then I found myself trying to go other places to, to, to find more challenging competition. So we would drive, my dad would drive me down to Southern California where there was, you know, that was just a hotbed of wrestling, you know, when I was growing up. And so we would go there to, to be challenged, you know, really in the off season. And so I, I had a lot of success. I was a state champion as a freshman in high school, which was only my third year of wrestling. So I, I, I mean, I guess I was pretty successful, but you know, on the national scene, I was, I was, you know, still maybe a little ways off. So it took me a little bit to get, to get to that level where I was competing against, you know, or having success on a national level. But to that point, I mean, third year freshman state champion, you don't see that very often. Did you appreciate that accomplishment at that young age or was it just hey this is awesome I won this like you know that doesn't you don't see many freshmen pulling that off yeah correct I I think it was a little bit of both I think I did appreciate it I, I you know I think that you know in the moment I was just being competitive which that came naturally to me I was always super super competitive and was competing at everything. So, but I think after it happened, yeah, it was kind of like, whoa, I just won state. You know, I, I wasn't even varsity in the beginning of the, of the year. You know, my freshman year, I got beat out. I wasn't varsity. And, you know, as the year went on, I got better and just, you know, got my way into the lineup. And then I found myself winning a state championship at the, you know, at the end of the year, I was at the top of the podium. Yeah, no, it was, I think that's when I started to realize, okay, maybe this is, this is my pathway. This is, this is what I was meant to do, you know, and my size dictated that a little bit as well. Uh, as I, you know, progressed through baseball, the high school level, everybody was getting bigger and, you know, and I wasn't. So how at the young age, you know, those first few years, how did you handle the training? Because training for wrestling is intense. I think there's the minutes there's the actual match, which you talk about the one-on-one, the physicality, but obviously it is a long road to get to the point of that match where you have a chance to, to have success. Was it difficult that young to, for the discipline to get to the finish line where you're actually competing and, and having success at a high level? Yeah. Yeah. Practice was hard. I still remember to this day being so sick to my stomach during some of those early practices, because it was, I, I had never done anything that hard, nothing that had pushed my system uh, as, as hard as wrestling practice did. And, and I remember not wanting to go to wrestling practice even early on, like, ah, oh, can we skip tonight? You know, which I think back, it's crazy. because That doesn't seem like it's in my DNA or at least it's not now, but you know, Hey, I was a kid and I wanted to play outside, you know? So there were definitely those time, those moments where I did not want to go to practice because it was hard. And then as you get familiar with what practice is going to be like, you start to get the butterflies uh, before practice because you know it's going to be hard. And so you're like, oh, you're getting nervous. And because you know you're going in there to compete, you know you're going in there to fight, you know it's going to be hard, and you know you may not win. And so, you know, if you're competitive, yeah, that creates butterflies, that creates nerves. And, you know, I probably still get that at, at times, you know, when I know I'm going to go in and, and, and wrestle with some of the guys, you know, just if, if you want to win and you're competitive, you're going to get those, those nervous butterflies. So yeah, that there's definitely a transition there, but I think that I loved that aspect of it. I love that my hard work paid off to my success, you know, that translated correlated straight to, you know, success within competition. 
So I saw that and I think I thrived off of that. And so that was probably why it was such a great fit for me personally. How did we talk about the state title as a freshman? How did life kind of change after that? Because I would imagine you're now on radars. Maybe you weren't on, you know, a couple months earlier and your name's being mentioned in discussions. It wasn't mentioned before. Could you do you remember that that life kind of changed for you a little bit after that? Yeah, I remember uh, waking up uh, in the morning the next day. My dad's like, look, and my picture was in the newspaper, you know, and that was a big deal. It was like, well, I had this huge picture in there of me wrestling. And I was like, I mean, I was blown away. It was like, wow, you know, this is a big deal. This is this is huge, you know, and I knew it was. But like then when you see yourself in the city news, Las Vegas, you know, review journal sports page, you're like, this is pretty cool, you know, and. And I think I like that. I like that attention. I like that notoriety. And yeah, you know, at school, you know, I, I was a state champion. People knew who I was. I and mean, we had a, we had a lot of state champions on our team. But, you know, but still, you know, I was one of them. And yeah, you know, it, it, it was a big deal. And it, that probably fed into, you know, me wanting to do it more and, and wrestle year round. So, and I think I started to see that, you know, I was, you know, when you win a state title, you got invited to this, you know, elite high school tournament, you know, that you couldn't wrestle in until you were a senior, but I I got that as a freshman. So it was just all these things kind of start happening. And then I realized, you know, that, Hey, this is probably what I'm going to do in college. I'm going to wrestle in college, you know? So those, those, those wheels start turning and those uh, realizations kind of start happening, you know, gradually. Do you start to realize that you are a targeted wrestler? As far as going forward, if they can beat you, hey, I just beat the guy who won the state championship last year. Like, that's a big deal going the other way. And is that a tough mental uh, mental idea to come to deal with that you're going to get everybody's best every time, regardless of how you're feeling, regardless of where you are? You are a big deal to wrestle against because you're a state champion. Oh yeah. I mean, my sophomore year, the the tides had changed. You know, I was the underdog. I was the kid that was coming out of nowhere. And then now I was the state champ target on my back. And, you know, I, I lost, I lost in the state qualifying finals, um, which was shocking. I don't, I think I'd only lost like maybe, you know, once or twice that maybe only once that season to an out of state kid. And then, uh, I lost. And it was like, whoa. And it was, a, it was, you know, it was probably a little bit of nerves wrestling a little tight, but then I think that that loss definitely impacted me. And so then the next week at state, um, I lost again in the semis to a, uh, you know, to a, to a freshman, actually, you know, I, I wrestled the lower weight class. So there were tend to be some younger kids there, but yeah, I lost to a kid that I beat earlier in the year, like nine to one. And I lost in overtime or lost in the last seconds or something. And then I didn't repeat, you know, I didn't repeat as state champ my sophomore year. I had to come back and take third. Yeah. That was a huge learning lesson for me. You know, I was, I was getting tighter and tighter as the season went on. I was undefeated in the state, you know, expected to win it again. And then got to the postseason was a little tight protecting wrestling, not to lose. And what did I end up doing? I ended up losing, you know, a couple times. And so that really motivated me. And, you know, taught me that, you know, hey, I've got to go even harder. You know, I've got to do even more and I've got to have higher goals than just trying to be a state champ. But yet, you know, 
trying to be undefeated or trying to beat every opponent by bonus points or, you know, or starting to look to the national level. And so that's what I did. Uh, and then my, my junior year, I was, I think 40, and know, and won the state championship and, you know, beat everybody by, you know, quite a bit. And that was a huge turning point within my wrestling. Um, yeah. That was going to be my next question. Like listening to you describe that. Is that sophomore year experience and the big picture of your wrestling life? Is that almost more watershed than winning the title as a freshman? Like, is it a bigger piece of the puzzle of who you became? For sure. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, it's kind of cliche, but you, I, I think it's true that you, you learn, you learn more in your losses than your wins in a lot of ways. Um, and, you know, losing that way, uh, my sophomore year in high school early on in my, in my, my wrestling career was big. It was important. It was a very important, you know, event to happen to kind of allow me to transition and, and see maybe the bigger picture and, you know, not so short-term, but long-term success and, and how to, how to work towards that. So you have all this success in high school. I think you started your college career at Arizona state. How, you know, and it's inter- I, I'm very curious about this question because when I talk to athletes about going from high school to college, you talk about, you know, one of the biggest things you always get in return is speed of the game I had to adjust to. It just was different. It took a while. Is that the same? Is that the same at the top of the depth chart of things you have to adjust to when you're going from high school wrestling to college wrestling, the speed of, of, of opponents and stuff like that? Or is there something else that is a bigger hurdle to cross to get used to being an elite college wrestler? Yeah, everything is obviously elevated. But what I would, what I would say, what I always say the biggest transition is, is, is intensity the level of focus and, and fight and energy that you have to give to compete against a college athlete versus a high school athlete in the sport of wrestling is, it is completely different. You know, it is, uh, it is ramped up, you know, tenfold. So that's what I noticed is that, you know, in high school, you can win a lot of matches really easily you know, really only the, you know, there's only a few kids that were really, you know, taking to that where you go to the college room, every kid is tough. Every kid's a state champ, state placer, or even if they're not, if they've been in that college room for at least one year, they are now a college wrestler and they've figured that how to, how to wrestle and compete within a college room. So you you go in there and, and you might be getting beat by, by kids that, that weren't, as good as you in high school, but because they have that college experience, it just makes that much of a difference. Um, so yeah, the intensity was a big thing and just being able to maintain that intensity, that was a big adjustment. And I still see that with, with the athletes that I coach nowadays. I, I, I do think that it's probably th- these guys are more prepared, these high school kids, cause they're all, like what, what you're seeing trending now over the last 10, 15, 20 years is that, um, these high school kids nowadays are working out with college kids before they get to college. So they're, they're figuring a lot of that out while they're in high school. And so these kids are coming into college and they're, they're, they're ready to go maybe a lot more than when I was in high school and, and, and making that transition. How would you scout yourself as a wrestler? Why were you so good? Was it tenacity, strength, technique? What do you think if you were kind of putting a scouting report on you as a young wrestler, what were the, 
top bullet points that made you stand out? That's a good question. Um, I was aggressive. I was really aggressive. And, you know, if you watch wrestling enough, there, there's different styles. You know, there's, I was big in being aggressive and getting takedowns and attacking the legs. You know, some wrestlers attack the upper body. Some wrestlers attack the legs. Some wrestlers are defensive. Some are offensive. I was really offensive. That's just how I was taught. That's how I was coached, you know, since I started. And so, you know, I was taught you go out and you try to score as many points as you can and, and you keep trying to score. And so I think that that made it that that made me really effective because I was always on the attack. And, you know, I think my my, my will to win and, and just kind of never giving up that never give up type of attitude, you know, just instilled in me as a kid from my parents and, you know, my coaches. But I think overall, I, I would attribute my success to being aggressive and having really good technique. So, you know, I was also taught that you win wrestling matches by having superior technique, you know, and then (laughs) getting after that technique over and over and over, you know, I wasn't the strongest, I wasn't the fastest, but I had really good coaching. So I had really good technique. Mentioned you started at Arizona state, you transferred to Iowa state for your final two seasons. I think you end up going to the NCAA tournament three out of your four years. Was there a difference? I mean, Arizona State, Iowa State, you're talking high level in both cases. Was there, we talked about the transition high school to college. Was there a transition other than new people, new surroundings, but focus of the program, where they wanted you, what they wanted you to do? Was there a big transition going from one to the other? There definitely was. I mean, and that's, you know, I talk to kids all the time. Transferring is hard. I could never have imagined how hard it was going to be. Yeah, the way we trained was completely different. Not completely different, but, you know, very, very different. I mean, and there, there's an adjustment period. You know, I'm, I, I moved to a different part of the country, right? It's like I grew up, I grew up in Las Vegas. I went to Arizona State. Tempe and, and Las Vegas are very similar. So that was an easy transition. And, uh, and the coaches there were very similar to what I was used to in high school. And then when I went to Iowa state, it was, it was just different. You know, I mean, we were, we were the number one team in the nation when I transferred there. So we were competing for a national championship. We had national champions on our team already. So, you know, there was a little bit different of a focus. I mean, at Arizona state, we were still a top 10 team. We were still a team that was, you know, competing to be national champs and all Americans. And, uh, but at Iowa state, obviously being the number one team in the nation, it was a little more closer. It was right there for us. Um, so there was a transition and my first year at Iowa state was, was not a, was not a great year in comparison to, you know, maybe my sophomore and my, my, my senior year. And I attribute that to the transition. It was, it took more of a toll than I ever realized. And it, you know, it wasn't until afterwards I realized, wow, that was a tough year while it was happening. It was fine. You're just, you're, you're, you know, you, you got a job to do, but the transition of yeah, new coaches, new weather, new teammates, new training style. I mean, we went hard at Iowa state. It was a lot of volume. I liked it though. I liked that, but it was definitely different. And it probably, you know, took me a year to adjust to it. You know, I learned a lot, you know, from it. So, I mean, it's no doubt there was a transition, no doubt it had an effect. Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful for my years at Arizona state. I learned a lot there uh, from my coaches, Leroy Smith and Zeke Jones. And then at Iowa state, um, Bobby Douglas. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to wrestle alongside Kale Sanderson and Joe Heskett, some, you know, some, some of the greats of, of, of that era and even of all time. So 
yeah, I feel lucky to be around the people I was around, you know, uh, during my college years. What did you wrestle at in college, weight-wise? Um, I wrestled 125. Well, actually, the weight class has changed. So I was actually a 118 pounder my first year, first year and a half. And then halfway through my second year in, in, in college, the weight class has changed. We, we changed, the NCAA changed the, the weigh-in system. And it's one of the best things that's ever happened to college wrestling. It kind of revolutionized our sport. But anyway, the weight class has all changed by seven pounds. So then I became a 125 pounder. And then my senior year, I wrestled 133. I was just having a hard time making 125 or maintaining that weight for an entire season and still having enough, you know, I think energy pop at the end of the season. I felt like I was flatlining a little bit my sophomore and junior year. So my senior year, I moved up a weight and it was a good move. I was, I was glad I did it. You know, I just, I got to, I felt healthier. I got to eat more and I got to focus on training and less on making weight. And it was you know, the most successful season I had, you know, my, throughout my whole career. You talk about making weight. I think anybody that had a friend growing up who wrestled, you would hear the stories of trying to make weight. And uh, I had a friend in high school who would run a, who would go jogging with a trash bag on to try to lose weight to, to make weight and stuff like that. Did you, how much of a, how much discipline did it take to stay, on point there because yes, you're an elite athlete, but you're a high school kid. You're a college kid. You know, was it tough? It was really tough. I mean, look, I mean, I talked about my sophomore year in high school and losing. I mean, part of it was weight. Part of it wasn't a weight issue. I was still trying to make the lowest weight class 103 pounds when really I probably should have been up weight, but you know, was young, didn't know better and was cutting a lot and definitely the weight cut. It got to me. Um, There's no doubt. And so, and then in college, I was, you know, just going the weight class that I needed to go and that I was recruited to go, uh, you know, recruited for, it took an immense amount of discipline. I like to think I was a really good weight cutter, um, probably better than most. I, you know, I had good coaches that taught me how to do it and how to do it in a healthy way and and still, you know, get nutrition, but it, it was a lot of hard work. It was, you know, running in the mornings or running at night, you know, getting two workouts every single day and not missing those workouts. Um, otherwise, you know, you couldn't, uh, you wouldn't, you couldn't descend, you know, in a, in a safe way, in a gradual way. So yeah, I like to think I was a very, very good weight cutter. And the reason was, is because I was disciplined and I was mentally tough enough to uh, work through those tough times. But I think at some point it does take a toll on you. And what I realized is that when I moved up a weight my senior year in college, I, I wished I had done it earlier. You know, I just, that was what I regretted. I wish I would have figured that out sooner. But when the weight classes were changing, we, we went from a format where we, we would weigh in the night before to now we're weighing in one hour before we compete. And we were the, we were the guinea pigs, you know, during my years of college, we had, we had to kind of figure that out on our own. And, you know, it took me maybe to my senior year to figure that out that, oh, I need to cut a little less weight, wrestle a little closer to my natural body weight. And that way I could focus on training and less on getting my weight off. And I think a lot of wrestlers have to kind of go through that. I think I learned a lot of lessons and I think it's made me a much tougher person. I can endure a lot because of what I had to endure with uh, making weight. So. All the success in college, if I ask you the top memory from your college wrestling days, what's the first, what's at the top of the list? First thing that comes to mind? Uh, I think the camaraderie with the guys on the team. I mean, that's, that's, you know, uh, the things that we had to go through together, the, the things that, 
you know, the, the adversity, just the hard workouts, you know, you, you just, you really bond with the people that you are doing that with, you know, going on the road trips, you know, those were always fun, you know, just, just hanging out with your teammates. But, you know, I think beyond that, just getting a big win, you know, I remember at Iowa state, we had a tight duel against Oklahoma, the second to last match coming up. My roommate, Joe Haskett had, you know, he was like ranked number one or number two in the nation. He got upset. I needed to win and, and I was losing the whole match. And, uh, third period was able to make a little bit of a comeback. I was down by three points. I take the kid down. I let him go. I'm trying to get another takedown to tie up the match. And in doing so, I put him on his back and actually pin, get a pin with one second left in the match. And by getting that fall, we won the dual meet. The dual meet was locked and we won. I just remember the crowd at Iowa State, thousands of people going crazy. You know, my teammates, you know, swarming me and just, you know, kind of being the hero that night. And that is a moment that, you know, I'll never forget, you know, the feeling, the, the emotions, the, the chills of the crowd and coming through for the team. So that, that was, that's probably my, you know, competitive uh, memory. That was, that was awesome. But, you know, more than anything, just, you know, just being with your friends and doing what you love. So. So college career is over. I think you graduated Oh two. Am I correct? You continue to wrestle on the, the national scene, kind of for people that, that don't know how the sausage is made, like you're in a, a top level wrestler from a top level program. How do you, how does the decision come that you're going to, you know, try for the U S national team or Olympics or whatever. And what goes into that? Yeah, I think for me, it wasn't, I, 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 you know, I didn't always grow up thinking that I would continue to wrestle after college. My, my college coach, Bobby Douglas said, he, you should keep wrestling. You know, and I kind of was like, I, you know, I, I think I hadn't really put much thought into it because I always saw myself, I'm going to wrestle in college. I'm going to get my degree and then I'm going to become a coach. You know, I, I'm, my dad coached me growing up. My uncle coached me growing up and, and my, my, my high school coach in Las Vegas, Jimmy May was a, was a, had a big influence on me. So my coaches all had a big influence on me and, and my goal was to be, you know, a high school teacher and uh, a high school wrestling coach. And so that's what I envisioned for myself. But when I got done with I, when I, when I graduated at Iowa State, you know, that kind of shifted a little bit. I, I had a job offer to, I, I had an offer to stay at Iowa State. And then I also had an offer to move back to California and coach with my uncle at Cal Poly. And I just thought, wow, I can't pass up an opportunity to coach in college. I, I'm going to do this. You know, let's just, you know, I, I still had some, I had to still get my teaching credential. I didn't have that yet. So I, you know, so it's like, okay, why don't I do this while I work on that? And then when I got to Cal Poly, I was, uh, you know, training with the guys in the room and, and I just realized, you know, I've, I've got more to give, you know, I've got, I've got more, uh, competitive spirit in me, more competition in me. So I decided to, you know, put the shoes back on and, and compete. Now, I mean, I hadn't taken any time off really at that point, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to do it because our, our other assistant coach, who was my really good friend and, and college roommate, Joe Heskett, we both went out to Cal Poly and coached there under my uncle. And he was, he wanted to still con continue to compete. So I was like, well, I'm going to keep doing it too. And then again, it's just had some success early on and just was like, okay, you, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to work towards the 2004 Olympic team trials. You know, every year I just got better and better. I was placing at the national, the U S open uh, national championships, qualifying to the world team trials, qualified to the Olympic team trials in 04. And, you know, I think I finished fourth um, that year. 
And I just remember sitting in the stands watching the, the finals and watching these athletes make the Olympic team, you know, at all the various weights. And just as I watched that, you know, I turned to my dad and I'm like, this is what I want to do. You know, I now know I, I, I see this. I can visualize it. This is what I want. So I'm going to I'm going to train four more years. I'm going to go to 2008 and make the 2008 Olympic team. And so, you know, I made that goal right then in the stands. So then I just kept, you know, so then I kept it going. And again, just I had more and more success every year. I was placing higher, made the national finals a couple of times. And by 2007, I was in the world team trial finals, finished runner up and was a world team alternate. But I was inching closer to what I was trying to get to ultimately, which was, you know, 2008 Olympic team. You know, that was a little bit of a gradual thing too. The the mentality was there. The training was there. The focus was there. I knew what I was trying to do and got really laser focused. And what I was, what really made the difference is my last couple of years of training, 2007, 2008, I was able to kind of get a personalized coach in some ways. Sammy Hinson had been the number one guy at my weight for several years. He retired and I said, hey, will you help me? Will you coach me? And so having that one-on-one coach, coach those last couple of years really allowed me to make a big jump. And uh, in 2008, I, I was, you know, national champion, number one seed at the Olympic team trials. Unfortunately, I got beaten in the semis by a lifelong uh, nemesis, a kid that I grew up wrestling in high school, college, and, and now, uh, you know, post-college, um, Stephen Abbas, uh, he was the, he took a silver medal in the Olympics in 2004. He, he was just one of those guys that was at the top of the ladder, was an NCAA national champion, beat me in the state tournament uh, <laughs> and was state champ uh, in, out in California my senior year. And so uh, he beat me, beat me again. And uh, he made the final wrestle off, but he ultimately got beat by the guy that I had beat in the national finals, Henry Cejudo. And then Henry went on to be the gold medalist. So that was a tough pill to swallow. You know, I think for once, in, not, not once in my life, but, you know, really in some ways, I had more confidence in myself in 2008 and more belief in realizing my goal than I had ever had in my entire life. So it really was for the first time in my life. My confidence was at, at, at an all time level high. And I just believed that everything was going to happen the way I had visioned it and planned it out. And it was going that way. And so when I lost in the semifinals of the trials, it was, it was definitely a very weird feeling because it didn't feel real. It was like, this isn't supposed to happen. I'm, I'm supposed to, you know, make the team and be an Olympic champion. It was weird because then I still had to wrestle a couple more matches. And sometimes at the Olympic team trials, guys will drop out and not finish the tournament out because their goal is to make the team. But you know, that's just not my, in my DNA, you know, I don't give up. So I wrestled back and took fourth again. I just remember kind of, it was somewhat of an out of body experience. I didn't feel like my heart wasn't in it. I was wrestling. I was competing. I'll always compete and always fight to the end, but definitely wasn't, I wasn't there. I ended up taking fourth and and it was over, you know, just like that. Yeah, it was tough. Like I didn't even really, I didn't really watch the Olympics. I didn't pay attention. I mean, obviously I found out that, that Cejudo had won the gold, but honestly that just made it even harder, you know, because, you know, that was a guy that I had beaten a couple times and, you know, it just made me see and believe even more that, you know, if I'd have made the team, I would have been right in there for a gold medal as well. So it was tough. It was, um, it was, <laughs> it, you know, you get emotional because you, you put so much into it. You know, 
your whole life, your whole family, really, you know? So it's, it's tough when you don't, when you don't get what, what you worked for, you know, what you put all that time in for, but it's, it shapes us. It makes us who we are. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm a product of that. So, and I'm proud of it. And, you know, I, I bring all that with me to my coaching. So did you consider, I mean, the thing about the Olympics, I mean, uh, it's such a mountain to climb to prepare such a commitment and all. And you obviously show you are at that level and you just fall a little short. Did you think about trying to climb the mountain again in four years? Or is it something you look at and you know what goes into it? You know, four more years. I don't know. what What's the mindset there to, you know, was it a consideration? Uh, it was. It might, my, my, so it was, you know, I got done and I was like, you know what? I'm going to take a year off. And I'm going to focus on coaching. I kept training. I kept working out. I didn't, I didn't stop, you know, uh, training, but I wanted to coach, you know? And so that was where I was kind of at a crossroads. It's like, do I go all in on this college coaching thing or do, do I kind of change gears and maybe become a club coach or a high school coach? Because becoming a division one head coach is not, is no easy task either. There's not that many jobs and it's very competitive. So, you know, I felt like I had put my family, not, I mean, like my family had supported me. They were all in and, you know, and it was, you know, it's a very selfish endeavor in some ways. And I felt like, you know, now it's time for me to think about my family and focus on my career and start moving in that direction. And, you know, if, if, if I feel like I want to compete in another year or two, then, you know, I can, I could do it. And so what happened was, is I ended up, getting a job at Cornell. I stopped coaching at Cal Poly, took a job at Cornell, you know, a program that was at the top at the time. And, you know, the, the, the two years I was an assistant at Cornell, we were, we finished second at the NCAA tournament. So that was a full-time gig, you know, and that was, uh, it took a lot of my time and energy to, you know, be the best coach I could be to my, to my athletes and, and that program and help that program try to win a national championship. So, you know, competing got put on the back burner, but yeah, I mean, I mean, the guys on the team at Cornell were like, "Are are you gonna are you gonna do it? You gonna come back? You gonna compete?" Because obviously, I'd be in there and I'd be wrestling. And 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 the guys that were in the finals, I mean, those were guys that I could beat. I had beaten. I mean, 2012, I would have been right in there. I would have been one of the favorites to make the team. But I think as it got closer, I just I saw myself getting closer to being a head coach. And and so I just you know I think it was just. It, it, I was done. I was done. I, I would have liked to, but I ended up getting the job at Drexel in 2011, which was one year before the Olympic team trials. And there was just no way for me to be the head coach here, you know, in my first year and then also prepare for, you know, the Olympics. So, so I had to, you know, I had to pass, I had to pass, but I mean, obviously I think any, any athlete that does an individual sport, you know, you, you always think, Oh, you know, I still got it, you know, or do I still ha got it, you know, and, you know, could, you know, I, I think, I think, I mean, I definitely was just hitting my prime, you know, I was 30 years old in 2008 and I was, I was hitting my prime and I felt like I was still getting better. I wasn't, I hadn't plateaued. I was definitely getting better every year. And look, if there was more money, I would have, I would have probably kept competing because getting that close, I, I would have wanted to keep going. But there wasn't a lot of money in wrestling at that point. Now, I mean, look, how many years later are we now? So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, uh, 
12, 13 years later now, these, these athletes that were in my position back then are, you know, they can make a living, you know, they can make a living just training year round. And those, those opportunities just didn't really exist when I was competing. So I I had to make a living (laughs) and uh, that was, that was coaching. So I, I don't, I mean, I mean, maybe there's a little regret and it's like, ah, could, you know, could I have done it? And, you know, maybe I could have, but you know, I, I like where I'm at. I'm, I'm, I feel very fortunate to be a head coach at the division one level. And I've been at Drexel now for 10 years and it's been great. You know, it's been fun. This has been a whole new challenge. You know, it's, it's harder. It's much harder in so many ways uh, to be successful. I think as a coach than as an athlete. Time for a break on -on one-on-one. We will have more with Drexel wrestling coach, Matt Azevedo right after this. I'm Jay Scott Smith. Every day, my colleagues here at KYW News Radio uncover stories in our neighborhoods. These are the things that people are so frustrated with. Sometimes it doesn't all fit on the radio. None of this was captured on a surveillance camera. But we talk about it on the rundown from KYW News Radio. Listen free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And we are back. Our guest this week, Matt Azevedo. He is the head wrestling coach at Drexel University. You take the job at Drexel, you mentioned 10 years ago, you replace a legend in his own right in Jack Childs, uh, who I've known through the years, you know, had been in the program for decades. Is there? You're so excited to be a head coach, I'm sure, but you're stepping into a pretty big shadow. Kind of talk about what you, you know, how you kind of talked yourself through that, because I'm sure it's easy to put pressure on yourself that you've got to follow this, but I also, I need to put my stamp. How do you go through that? Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was probably a situation that I was, you know, not necessarily mature enough to maybe handle. You know, I think that I came in with the attitude that, uh, I'm going to change the world. You know, I'm going to come in here, right. And put my stamp on this program and, and do X, Y, and Z and not really realizing what, challenges were really in front of me. And yeah, it's tough when, when somebody has been here for 35 years, you know, there's a legacy there and there's a tradition and, you know, kind of coming in and, you know, implementing your own system and own way of doing things is not something that can happen overnight. And so, you know, I, I look back and I, I made a lot of mistakes. I made a lot of mistakes early on and I learned a lot through all that, you know, and I think, you know, my goal is, is to, get better every year as a, as a coach and not, not only as a program, but as a coach. And I try to self-reflect and self-evaluate, like, what can I do better? When I look back on my first couple of years and there are a lot of things that I, I would definitely, you know, do differently, but you know, I didn't know any different. I was young and ambitious and thought I knew it all. And, you know, and, 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 uh, boy, did I have a lot to learn. So, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm super thankful for, you know, Jack's support and, and, and where he left the program. I mean, we had, you know, just so much potential and so many great wrestlers on the team when I first got here and, and just a great reputation. I think that's, you know, what I really realized when I got here is that the, the kids on the team were just great people. They were hardworking, uh, good students. Um, th- this program had a great reputation. So it was very easy for me to come in and something to be proud of and something to use to recruit, you know, which was the, the, the team, you know, the, the members of the team, the, the quality of people that were involved with the program and even the alumni. It's like, you know, the, the 
I'm still meeting new alumni here 10 years later, but every year you meet new alumni and you hear their stories and you just realize how awesome of a school, you know, university Drexel is and, and how much of a legacy at, that Jack has left behind him, but also that, you know, just the, the, the types of people that he has recruited and produced out of this program. And, and really that's my goal too. You know, it's like, we want to win. We want to win more than any, you know, just as much as anybody, but we want to produce great people. We want to continue that legacy of producing great young men, you know, into the community that can, you know, represent Drexel wrestling, you know, the way it has been. One of the, when I often talk to people who were elite in their sport and then they go to coaching, I'm curious, is it a difficult thing to get used to when you're teaching, you're coaching, and a kid can't do something that came inherently easy to you? Is it tough to kind of have the empathy to allow that not everyone can do what you did and to, to, to learn how to vocalize that to, to coach that kid through something that maybe you didn't have to give a second thought to. Yeah, sure. I mean, it's, I, I think it's a lot of, it's the detriment of a lot of young coaches. You know, I think that you get, you just get done competing. You're at the pinnacle. You start working with a kid and it's like, well, why can't you do it? You know, th- this is how you do it. Come on. This is like, this is how it's done. You know, this is how I did it. This is how you need to do it. You know, and, and that frustration can, can, can show itself very quickly. It's funny because I think as an assistant coach, I didn't have that problem. I mean, I think, I think you always look back and think you worked harder than you actually did. And, you know, we're tougher than you actually were. And, and you maybe try, you hold your athletes to, you know, a standard that maybe is on unattainable in some ways. But I think as an assistant coach, coaching kids the right way and having that one-on-one relationship and, you know, really, you know, getting through to them, I, 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 for some reason, I feel like I did a much better job than as a head coach, you know, early on as a young head coach, I think I had that mentality. It's like, come on, you know, it's like, you know, it just, you got to figure it out, you know, and, and throughout the years, that's where my self-reflection and evaluation, I've, I've had to take a step back and, and, you know, almost ask the question, what is it like to be coached by me? And I think as an assistant coach, my, the kids I coached probably said it was awesome. It was great. They loved working with me as a head coach. There's probably some kids that probably wouldn't say the same thing. And so throughout the years, I've tried to evaluate that and take a step back and realize that I, every kid's going to be a little bit different. And uh, every, every team is going to be different. And therefore I, as a, the head coach need to make adjustments and, and understand that, and I, I wasn't ready for that as a head coach. You know, when you're working one-on-one with like, you know, you have three weight classes that you're responsible for and there's, you know, really you're only those three starters, you know, that's, that's easy. But now when you're responsible for 35 guys, it's a lot more challenging. So I think there's definitely those aspects, especially in the sport of wrestling, because it's so technical and it takes so long to master you know, the, 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 the craft you want them, you know, you always want it, them to be picking it up a lot faster than they are. So, uh, but I've definitely become a lot more patient, a lot more empathetic. That's a good word. Cause I was definitely not empathetic as a young head coach. And now I think 10 years later, I'm, you know, a lot more understanding, see through experiences, making mistakes, making changes. I am can navigate those, uh, those, those situations a lot 
a lot better. I asked you your favorite memory of your college times, of your decade plus as a head coach at Drexel. You guys have been ranked. You've won big dual meets. You've had kids compete NCAA championships. Same kind of question. If you had to kind of take stock of your first decade plus here at Drexel, and I ask you, what are the memories that come to the top of the list? What would they be? I think individually, Kevin uh, Kevin DeVoy was one of my very first recruits when he won the EIWAs. That was a big moment for us. You know, we had just transitioned from the CAA into the EIWA, uh, you know, one of the top conferences in the country for wrestling. You know, for Kevin to be one of our – be a part of our first recruiting class – and then to win the conference as a sophomore, I just remember, you know, the excitement in that, you know, even in this, in, you know, his semifinal win and finals win, they both were super dramatic. That was, that's one that sticks out. Three, four years ago, we tied Lehigh at home. Now we ended up losing. I mean, we technically lost on criteria, but the score was tied and uh, they beat us on criteria, but Ebigero got a big pin in the very last match of the dual meet where our 165 pounder pin their kid uh, in the last seconds of the match. And it was just a big crowd. And I just remember everybody erupting in the whole, I mean, it was, it was big. I mean, for us, they were number five in the nation and for us to tie them, you know, and lose on criteria, that was a big moment, you know, for our program, you know, those are probably two moments that really stick out. We've had some great matches against Ryder. You know, that's a dual meet that I really look forward to every year. We just go back and forth. And that those are always down to the wire and a lot of fun. But yeah, getting that first national ranking was huge, you know, but you didn't know you were going to get ranked when you won. I and mean, we beat Princeton. And in the moment, you don't know that you're going to get ranked. The ranking happens like the next week or whatever. But in that moment, that Lehigh win was big. And, um, you know, Kevin definitely winning the comp, being the fir- our first conference champion within the EIWA was uh, was big. Th- those were fun. There's a lot of moments. There's a lot of great moments. But um, those are those are two quick ones. Are the reasons why you loved wrestling when you first – got into it the same as the reasons you love wrestling today? I think so. I, I think that ultimately what motivates me as a person is just competition. I, I love competition. I love to compete. I love to try to, you know, whether I'm competing against myself or competing against other people, you know, we play games in the team, you know, to like, you know, sometimes to change things up and, and I'm right in the mix. I'm getting after it, you know, being competitive side by side with the guys. But I think that I don't think I realized why I liked wrestling early on so much. I think I, I enjoyed the, the one-on-one challenge of it, but I, I you know, I, I think that it was ultimately, it was, it's, it's, it's one of the most competitive sports you can, you can compete in. It's the ultimate competition. It's, it's, it's hand-to-hand combat. It's a martial art. It, it's so raw, you know, and it just tests so many aspects of your character. And I think that I like that. I like that I'm being tested at the highest level. You know, it's like, am I tough enough? Am I strong enough? Am I in good enough shape? Is Did, did, I, did I put enough work in? Is my work enough to beat this guy's work, you know? And I think still to this day, Yes, that's what drives me, just that competitive spirit and putting your time in. And, and now it's working with kids. Now I'm working with them and, and trying to pass on, you know, the things that I learned and, and, and challenge them and get them to, you know, maximize their, their potential. So, yeah, I, I think so. You know, I just 
I've always loved sports, always loved, you know, the, 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 the game of sports. I think baseball, I liked it because it was a game. And I think wrestling is like a game, you know, it's a, it's a game. It's a tactical game. Who can out, you know, maneuver, uh, the other, you know, who out can outmaneuver each, each guy or, you know, each opponent or whatever. So, you know, you make it a game and it's fun and competition's fun. My final question, I asked you your favorite moment or your favorite memories. What is your absolute favorite part of what you do? Is it recruiting? Is it dealing with alums? Is it being in the room on a random Tuesday and teaching a kid who really is just a sponge and, and, and taking him to the next level? Is it that moment before a dual meet starts? Is it watching one of your wrestlers right when you that moment when you know he's about to make the move that's going to get the pin or earn the win distill it down number one the thing i love the most is seeing the look on the athlete's face when they've accomplished something that they're proud of i think what makes it even more you know probably rewarding is that especially when they are able to execute a game plan or a technique that you've been working on that or just not even me per se, but just that our program or our coaching staff has been working with this individual on something, you know, and then they, 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 they do it in competition and you just see that look on their face. Like, you know, I, I, I did it or we did it. And, and I, I feel like that's, you know, that's very rewarding, you know, to help a kid, uh, help an athlete, achieve their goals, um, or, or just get, get better at their craft, get better at what, you know, they, they, they're, they're putting so much time and effort into. So I I think that's probably the most, the, the thing that I enjoy the most is just seeing the excitement in the athletes and seeing, you know, them get fired up about whatever it is getting, you know, you know, uh, you know, winning or accomplishing something. Yeah, I mean, I I I, le- I like getting on the mat and working with the guys, teaching technique. It it seems like the more I transition as a college coach, the less of that I'm able to do. Unfortunately, there are so many other things: fundraising, recruiting, and you know all these other things that come along with the job. You know, I wish I could do more. You know, on the mat instruction because I think at heart that's what I am. I'm a coach. I like to you know uh, in, instruct and, and teach, but um. So I think that's where I, I, I do. I, I really enjoy, you know, seeing the kids accomplish their goals, get over a hump, learn a new technique, you know, whatever, just a light bulb go off. You know, they figure something out. That is, uh, yeah, that's, that's a lot of fun. Matt Azevedo, thanks so much for the time. This was fun. Thank you. I, thank you, Matt. This was, this was great. And that will do it for this week's episode. Want to thank Drexel Head Wrestling Coach Matt Azevedo for being our guest this week. If you like this show and you want to help us out, if you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and a review. Now, you can follow the show on Twitter at one on one pod. You can follow me on Twitter as well at MattLeon1060. Thanks so much for listening and be sure to join us again next week when we bring you another conversation with someone you should know more about.